1: Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska Show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And you all have, man, you've like won the uh, Grammys today because you get a 3 You get three episodes in one day. This is quite the, uh, it's a fun thing to do, and I hope that everybody has um, appreciated it. I'm sure, I'm sure that you have. I've gotten the text and the emails already that you've enjoyed the first two. So this next episode, we have a very special guest today, Senator kaufman from anchorage he is famous for i believe his spending cap hat a lot of folks around the state know him for that but we get to kind of do a deep dive into how he thinks session went what he's up to this summer and um, any thoughts that he sees moving forward um, because he's got several years left on his term i believe so without further ado senator kaufman welcome to the must read alaska show hi john Uh, thanks for having me on the show today so glad you could join us. So you are in the majority this year. Talk to me about how that went, how, how maybe it was, you know, coming from the house and now you're in the Senate majority. Talk to me about maybe some of those differences and how you think it went this year being in, in the majority. It, it,
0: yeah, it, it was de- definitely an interesting transition to be a, a, a house uh freshman minority member. Um, you know, in my first, uh, term and then find myself a Senate majority member. Um, and yeah, definitely completely different operational, um, consideration, you know, uh, different being in the majority than the minority. Um, for one is you have a little bit better chance. One would hope of, of moving some of your, you know, key goals and objectives along things that you're trying to get done. Um, the, uh, and the Senate is just a different animal. It, it operates um, just, uh, I guess, more efficiently uh, because you've got half as many people. So you just don't have forty personalities clamoring for attention. You've got twenty, and and it uh, and, and so it's just a, a, a different place to to be in. And you have to um, try and get a handle on that pretty quick. And so I think I did all right in the House. We managed to get some legislation passed, even though we were in the minority, uh, passed a couple of good bills that were uh, one was our document reduction bill to get rid of unneeded reports. That was H.B. 187 and and some other key legislation that we were able to get done. Um, And then, you know, this year in the minority or in the majority, because of the way. Uh, caucusing went where we ended up with the seventeen-member supermajority. So, I came in at the tail end of that. I had the decision whether or not to basically, you know, be be on the sidelines or, or get in the middle of it and do my best. And so I made that decision. And so we ended up, you know, with my addition to a seventeen-member majority, um, which is interesting because there's such a broad range of, of different political perspectives in that group. Um, But I think to the credit of the leadership, uh, a lot of the legislation that was progressed was they they tried to stick to things that people could agree upon uh, in general. There's some stuff that was maybe a little more contentious, but um, it created an opportunity uh, for some kind of centrist sort of things uh, like a a bill I passed. uh, It was uh, Senate Bill 123. To reduce barriers to entry to getting uh, truck driver uh, professional drivers training, um, commercial uh, CDL license. So we were able to get some, I guess, just some simple um, get or done type legislation passed. And, uh, you know, by kind of staying in the center of what people could agree upon. So uh, passed a number of bills unanimously through the House and Senate. Um, and, And so I feel overall. Uh, we made some good progress. Uh, there's certainly things that are, are challenging issue-wise and all that, but I, I think we uh, you know, managed to move some reasonable legislation this year.
1: Nice. So let's chat briefly about kind of how the end of session played out. I think I'd love to hear your take on it. I think you have – I've heard from lots of people that they were disappointed in how the end of session went. With the handoff to the house, um, feeling like um, that it was, you know, not giving the house long enough to do the business that it needed to do, and hence a special session was called. So, but I'd love to hear your take on how the end of session went and uh, what your thought process was behind that.
0: Well, I would have liked to have seen, uh, I guess, a more, you know, usual exchange, or at least what I understand to be usual, I don't have that long of a history in, in the body. So I'm, to some extent, when you hear about what's normal, you can only judge it against what you've seen. So um, this being my third session um, that I've been involved in, you know, the first two, and now my first one in the Senate, I, I think I would have liked to have seen the more of the collegial exchange of, of the respective budgets, you know, from body to body, um, you know the so-called uh, "turducken" budget um, strategy. Um, I guess the, I guess it, it 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 is what it is. Uh, with the benefit of of the Senate budget being that it did balance without a dip into the CBR, which was a, a key point of contention, and it was what was keeping um, the uh, the House version of the budget, uh, which required that CBR vote. So. It was a vote that avoided that CBR vote, and I, I like that part of it. And, but as far as the whole process of of how to, uh, you know, of how to transfer the budgets back and forth between the body and all that, I, I'd like to get to something that was a, a little bit more collegial, if we can.
1: I like that. I think that you're uh, hit the nail right on the head there. I think you know, maybe next year it plays out a little differently. And I think both sides being willing to uh, meet in the middle and figure out what they can do better next time is a big part of that. So um, I appreciate your perspective on that. Let's chat about spending cap. I think that's one of the things that I've, you know, I've followed your, some of the things you've done the last three years, a lot of your bills that you introduce and get passed are common sense bills that maybe cut red tape or make it easier for people to do a certain thing, or get rid of redundancies, i.e., the backlog of paperwork stuff. But one of the things that you've kind of talked about since day one is this spending cap. So, give us your thoughts on spending cap. Has it evolved since you know you first ran four years ago to where you are now? And what would you like to see have happen?
0: Well, now for those that are not familiar with it, my spending cap proposal is that we we begin to measure our private sector economic activity. We average that measurement for a five-year trailing average. And then we set our spending at a a healthy percentage of that. So not, you know, not too much, not too little. And uh, so all of that, that is, so as far as the, uh, The private sector economic measurements and the five-year trailing average and the percentages, um, those are contained in my SJR 4 and SB 20. So there's a constitutional resolution to create the constitutional piece of the cap. And then there is the the statutory piece to create the statutory. And so the, the SJR and the SB, so the resolution and the bill, they work together. So that's SJR 4 and SB 20. And um, for folks that are following along, um, all of this is on my website, SenatorKaufman.com. There's a spending cap proposal tab there. So what I'm trying to do is, is get it where we do a better job of estimating what we can actually spend by tying it to our private sector economic activity. And a key reason for that is, is that I believe the state needs to in our spending, we need to be more anchored to our broad-based uh, economic potential. Uh, right now, we we estimate what oil prices will be, and we we kind of aim at that, and we're often wrong, and then we start to build our budget around that. I think it'll be a more stable uh, prospect if we were to use a five-year trailing average of economic activity and then set a, a reasonable percentage of that that we could actually spend. So. Um, I've been working on that. since It was a proposal that I I fleshed out in general, uh, you know, broad picture perspective when I was running for the House. It was a a cap was a key part of my campaign. And since then, we've gotten many hearings um, and I've split it off uh, this year. Um, We had a, a representative Will Stapp was carrying the House version of it. And he got it as far in the first session um, as far as Senate Finance, and so there, it's it's gone through three committees of referral in the House, over in the Senate where folks are a little bit more circumspect about it. I've gotten a hearing in Judiciary, um, but we're we're continuing to push on it. The big story, though, I think, is not really in in the building, so to speak, within the legislature. It's the work that we're doing outside the building um, with with the business community um, and and just at large with the people to try and create a better awareness of, of what life could be like if we had a, a cap like this that just does a better job of measuring our economic activity and takes us away from the, the harsh ups and downs of spending. It's, it's, a, it's not a cap so much as a, a cut. It's a cap that moderates our spending so that we don't get into trouble um, overspending um, when we get extra revenues in that could be swept forward and used to, uh, to not only fund government, um, but also uh, capital projects. We could begin to have a more stable uh, supply of revenue for that. Um, and I'm not mentioning the the dividend because in my cap the dividend was always intended to be resolved through a separate piece of legislation um, at the constitutional or legislative level. Um, so I don't include the the PFd in within the cap um, it's more of the other government operational and and uh, capital project spending.
1: So what you know you got a crystal ball in front of you do you think this is going to does it have a fair shot? Does it get a fair shot this coming session 2024?
0: I I think it's possible, but big ideas like this, especially ideas that constrain the legislature, but they're not necessarily going to move just because they're a great idea. Usually there has to be other leveraging uh, forces at work. So I what I foresee it, if it passes or when it passes, it'll be part of a of a set of other reforms. And, and I, I've got um, a couple of those um, that I'd like to talk about too, a little bit. There's a few other reforms that we could do, yeah. but other people other people have different revenue ideas, which pretty much, you know, uh, there's sometimes there's new revenue, which is like a new opportunity. Um, sometimes the term revenue is, is used, and it really just means more taxes on existing, Uh, activity. So um, people have different ideas for how to fund things, but my mantra has been and and will continue to be not without a functional spending cap. Um, We don't, I don't feel we need to go seeking uh, new sources of revenue uh, unless, or additional taxes, unless we've got some kind of controls on the barn door and we don't let the thing run away with us. So Um, I I think it's an important piece of leverage for all of these other prospects that are being talked about.
1: So what's been the biggest lesson learned from your time in office from running, you know, four years ago to being in the House, two sessions to now being in the Senate? What's been one of the biggest lessons you've learned along the way? I, I
0: would say that... You know well, well one is of course uh, very few people come into this with an intimate understanding of the process and and how to effectively engage in that process now I feel like um, I'm going to say we because whenever I'm talking about what I'm doing it's always my office and, and the people that are in there working hard every day with me to get where we're trying to go so as an office I would say what what we've Learned is of course the process, and then, you know, in the legislature there there's there's politics, there there's personality, and there's process, and you have to get all of that to line up, um, and, and be able, you know, to explain to people um, what you're doing. You you have to. Try and offset any sense of concerns that they might have, because every new idea always brings the sense that people, you know, what are you trying to do here? You know, what, what, what's the downside of all this? So you have to be able to explain. And I guess, it, you know, it's communication, 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 um, because you're any you're moving something along, you're trying to push those three levers of, of is a good policy? What are the politics of it? And, and what are the personalities that you're going to have to deal with and so how can you work those three things to try and move things along and again I say I think we've done pretty well in that arena um, because we we have managed to pass a number of very good bills and we've gotten um, multiple unanimous votes on them and so that that's a good sign that kind of, you know the the learning curve as tough as it is, it can be mastered. And and I think we're we're doing a good job of of, of getting where we can actually be effective. Um, you mentioned you know the big bills and the little bills. I have uh, a a core policy uh, that I call diet and exercise, and that's the spending cap that we talked about, and that's the diet plan. The exercise plan for Alaska is our executive budget act reforms, which transforms our our annual budgeting process into a performance driven uh process where we're working on four-year strategic operating plans and, and the budgeting process is the the annual funding um against that performance management plan and so if we can get a cap that controls our worst excesses in spending and we can get the executive budget act reforms done we'll have performance managed government that is operating on a, a better process for determining how much we can spend every year, and then, so those are big ideas. They're 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 hard to move. They're you know mul- they're multi-year, multi uh, multi-session, multi-term uh, type ideas that take time to socialize. But then the smaller things that we're doing, those uh, that we referred to, such as. Uh, our bill that, that passed that reduces unneeded accounts. Uh, so we passed that. It passed unanimously. So we're actually sweeping accounts that we no longer need and closing those accounts out. It's a, And that's got to like be, a, what,
1: millions of dollars, probably?
0: Yes, it, it can be. Now, some of the money uh, was we had some failures of the reverse sweep, which defunded some of them. Um, but going forward, what this bill sets up it is Every two years, the process of going back through our accounts and closing out ones that their purpose is no longer there. Uh, sometimes we'll we'll pass legislation that preempts the need for an account that was created ten years ago, but the account will sit there. So uh, with this new little bill that we just passed uh, successfully, it it will uh, every two years, there will be a review done by finance, and they'll say, Here's the accounts we recommend sweeping and closing um, as a as a biannual, in other words, every two year uh, cleanup process. So you start to put little mechanisms in place like that, even while you're seeking the larger reforms that will improve the general framework. But we can still do these small improvements around uh, waste reduction, cost reduction, uh, you know, as you mentioned, reducing redundancy or uh, for the public reducing barriers to entry that government creates, such as what we did with our SB123, the commercial driver's license bill.
1: So talk to me about, um, you know, what does next year look like for you? Does the, I think, you know, lots of people um, that are even following politics, you know, do you, they often have the question of, do you guys have to reorganize or do you guys just organize every two years or four years? What does that look like when you guys show back up to Juno in 2024? Do you start from scratch? Do you just keep the same majority that you had before? How, what does that look like?
0: Yeah, so we, we were in session and, and that was the, the beginning session of the two-year legislative cycle. And so the organization uh, occurred, you know, for the House and Senate. And when we come back, uh, all things, you know, continuing as they are, we'll be in the same organizational structure, um, although in the past there have been coups, um, so to speak, you know, where where things happen. I don't anticipate that. But um, other than that rare event, generally you're organized for the for the legislative term, which, you know, the two years. Yep. So it won't be until the next election that typically that there is an opportunity um, to to organize or, or reorganize.
1: Nice. Well, our uh, 25 minutes has gone by in a flash. Any last minute thoughts here before we head off here, Senator Kaufman? Uh,
0: well, no, just want, want to say thank you. And um, it, as, as always, if, if folks want to know what we're doing, um, there's a lot. John, that we didn't talk about what we're doing in transportation to try and reform the marine highway system and and to uh, help assure that the the port of Alaska and Anchorage, um, that that project goes well. So we're doing a lot. I'm the chair of Senate Transportation. And uh, maybe we can come back and and do this again soon uh, this summer and talk about some of that, because we're doing a lot on that this interim. Um, And if folks want to keep in touch, of course, I'm on Facebook. that senator kaufman with a k a u f m a n my website senatorkaufman.com uh has information about uh, everything we talked about here but also more um so i invite folks to uh, visit that website
1: awesome yes i would love to have you back on this sometime the senator senator kaufman to talk about the ferry system and the anchorage port i think that those are two huge problems that nobody has been able to fix or solve and so i would love to hear about what you're doing uh, we'll have you back on in a month or here or so um but um you know yeah, we'll, let's,
0: we'll let's plan out. on it especially with the ferry system there's a big story to tell there um uh, of what we're doing around um, kind of the improvement and the oversight and also the federal money that's coming in and which is driving a lot of why we're focusing on it so I think that that'll be a great thing to to have a chat about.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate the work you're doing, Senator Kaufman. And uh, you're welcome on anytime. Uh, we'll have you here on again in a month or so. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening, watching and reading Must Read Alaska. If you want to help keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska, just head over to mustreadalaska.com. On the right hand side, there's a little donate button. Every $5, $10, $100 gift helps keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. We're not funded by some dark web nonprofit money conglomerate. We're just funded by everyday folks who care about the conservative side of the news. So if that is you, we want to thank you for doing that. And until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you so much, Senator.
0: Take care. Thanks, John.